Welcome to the podcast of the Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jim Cole, and I'm proud to be the 96th president of Las Vegas Rotary. Las Vegas Rotary's main focus is on youth, specifically youth literacy and life skill development. If you're in town, we invite you to join us at the Lowry's Prime Rib at noon on Thursdays. You can also find more information about our meetings on lasvegasrotary.com. If you're unable to join us, we live stream our meetings on Facebook at noon Pacific Time Thursdays. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So you may wonder why it's raining um, today, and that's because we don't normally get a visit from the district governor, right? But he's, but he's here today. So about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I met John Chase because he came to one of our weekly meetings, and I walked up to him because I knew by then he was the district governor nominee, and I said, you know, I really have a problem, and the way you guys do the training, the district training, it seems to always be the same stuff and the same people. And immediately after he gave me his response, I knew he was the right guy for the job, because guess what? He said, if you're going to complain about it, you're going to be in charge of it. So um, as your current district trainer, if you <laughs> have a problem with the district training, blame, blame our current district governor, John Chase. So from the... Boulder City Club, please join me in welcoming District Governor John Chase. Thank you very much. I'm going to go a little bit out of order here. I want to recognize a few people that have been very generous to the Rotary Foundation. Michael Gordon is one of those. Him and his wife, Amanda, just became major donors to the Rotary Foundation. Michael, thank you so much. And I know Michael has to leave uh, for work, so I can appreciate that. I work full-time myself. Uh, Janet and Steve Linder, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know where exactly you sat, uh, but thank you so much for your contributions to the foundation. And then Joan Murdoch. Is Joan here today? So Joan just became a major donor level two. So uh, thank you for your continued commitment. I know you're a 100% Paul Harris Fellow Club, the largest one in the district, and uh, we appreciate your continued generosity to the Rotary Foundation. So in regard to uh, Michael's comment about the training, you can certainly blame me, but I'll push the blame right back to the Rotary Club of Las Vegas, which chartered my club in 1937. So uh, it all ultimately comes right back here uh, to uh, what uh, we profess to be the greatest Rotary Club in the world. And I have said that in the past. Yeah, please applaud yourself. That's, uh... I have said that in the past with other clubs, but never on Facebook Live, so it must be true. So... <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming to Rotary today. I know you have options when it comes to picking a place for lunch. Uh, you might have a new business partner. You may want to have lunch with your family members, maybe an old friend that you haven't seen in a while, but week in and week out consistently, you choose Rotary. And I personally thank you for that. The world in the Las Vegas community is no doubt a better place because of that choice that you consciously make each and every week. Rotary has the motto, we all know, of service above self, and I uh, think that that is fitting for everybody in this room and the 2,100 other Rotarians throughout the district, or 2,900, excuse me. Service above self is something we strive for. I've seen it go in and out throughout the district uh, as the measure that we all strive for. I think what differentiates us from many others in our chosen uh, mode of service is we choose service above self rather than service about self. And if you want to see examples of that, turn on the TV at pretty much any point in time and you'll see it littered with service about self. 
I think a good, uh, good uh, demonstration of service above self is actually coming to the district governor's visit today, which is a highlight in almost nobody's rotary year, and I appreciate the fact that you're here today. Otherwise, Jim and I would be talking to ourselves probably. I want to talk about three things over the next few minutes, a little bit about membership, and we'll do a fact check to see where we're at there. I want to talk a little bit about polio, although two-thirds of my presentation is, uh, was shown earlier. Uh, and a little bit about the Rotary Foundation, and then I want to recognize another individual of your club. So let's first talk a little bit about membership. My cards are out of order here. So how are we doing at Las Vegas Rotary in regards to membership? Five years ago, you had 128 members. Today, 134, up 5%. So how does that compare to the district as a whole? The district as a whole is down 10%. So what's that equate to? Two. Two Las Vegas Rotary Clubs are not here today that were here two years ago. That's a big deal. And it's something that we all can do something about here very easily. And I applaud the cards on the table. That's just one step to make it easier to invite people to Rotary. So you have 134 members, an increase of 5%, but impressively, Almost 27% are ladies, another impressive number for a club of your size, unmatched by anybody else. Yeah. And if it wasn't for them, we probably wouldn't be, well, we wouldn't be nearly as efficient, nor as effective, or as organized probably as well. The other impressive number that I found quite interesting is 24% of your club is under the age of 50. That's good. That's an important number, and I'll tell you why that's an important number from my perspective. Number one, there's uh, 10 years from now, there's many of us in this room that won't be here. We'll be passed on and doing other things uh, in a faraway land, somewhere that we have yet to explore. But those people under the age of 50 will be here to carry the tapestry of the, and the threads that we've weaved into the tapestry of Las Vegas Rotary for decades to come. And that's important, and it should be important to everybody in this room to see the longevity of our club move forward. So I applaud you at 24%. That's almost unmatched by any other club in the district. It is certainly unmatched by any club of your size. As a regard, in, last comment in regard to membership that I want to make. First off, I guess two comments. One is it's not a spectator sport. This is not a job for your membership chair. This is not a job solely for your president. This is a job that everybody in this room owns. You see, I was asked, as, a, as you see in my bio on the front of the newsletter, it says I was asked to be district governor. I was asked to put my name in the hat for district governor. I was asked to join Rotary by people that I hold in high regard. Everybody in this room that's a member of Rotary was asked to join Rotary by somebody. But yet, statistically, 4% of us in this room have invited other people to join. And that's a shame. I think we could do better. I know we could do better. And we all know somebody that would be a perfect Rotarian. We do service with them alongside them. We may go to church with them. They may be in our workplace. They might even be a family member or a good friend. But we all know somebody that should be a member of this club or another club in our area, and we just haven't asked. We've got to do a better job if we're going to continue to be the inspiration for so many others and continue to hand out the mini-grants that we do and all the other great service that we do. I know all of you know somebody that would be a great member, and I implore you to simply ask. You were asked return the favor, and ask somebody else to join us. Polio eradication. 
The video did a very, did a very nice job. It's a couple years old. 30 years ago, 350,000 new cases of polio each year. Last year, 29 cases, in part due to the generous contributions that all of you have made, as well as other Rotarians around the world. We're making a difference in the lives. You know, I was asked recently to get involved with, and run for a public office, and I said, you know, I think I can make a difference in Rotary. I'm not convinced that as a public official I can make a difference being one person. It differentiates us from any other opportunity. I know Rotarians each and every day make a difference in the lives of others. Jamel talked about Ryla. I had the opportunity to induct a new member just a few months ago from Chino, in Chino Rotary. She went to Ryla, by, uh, sponsored by Walnut Valley, a club of 35 members uh, in the other end of our district. Somebody in that interview process saw a glimmer in her eye and said, you know what, this young lady could benefit from going to Ryla. In 2013, she went, she graduated from high school a year later, went to college, became a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Halfway through her training program, she said, I want to join Rotary. It's time for me to give back. She joined Rotary three months, uh, three months ago and has already started an Interact Club in her community, all because somebody chose her to go to Ryla. Sometimes we don't uh, take into account the impact that we have. I trust that I know, well, I know for a fact that you're making a difference each and every day. The kids over here uh, that are students of these fine teachers, educators, know that they're making an impact with the dollars that you spend, and I applaud each and every one for doing that. So getting back to polio, 28 or 29 cases last year. So far this year, two, or excuse me, zero cases so far in 2018, or 2019, rather. We're making a difference in, life in ways that we cannot even comprehend. So there's a few things that I think we could do right here in Las Vegas to make a difference with polio and continue to move that needle in the right direction. Some of those, are, they are as follows. First off, we can give generously to the End Polio Now campaign. That's matched two to one by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So every $1,000 you give gets matched by an additional 2,000. For a $3,000 donation, roughly 3,300 children will be vaccinated with that polio virus. You'll change their lives in ways that you cannot even comprehend living here today. So that's one way, give generously to the End Polio Now campaign. The second thing I think you could do is you could, uh, you should be talking about what we're doing for polio in your newsletters, at your annual fundraiser that I just saw publicized, at all the events you do and the opportunities you have to get in front of other people. You see, in a few short years, we're going to end that fight on polio, and there are going to be people at that finish line that we have never seen before to take the credit for what has been done. We've seen it in other projects that we do. We'll see it again if we don't talk about our efforts and continue to lime, uh, put it in the limelight of what Rotary's accomplished. You see, I don't believe for a second that Bill and Melinda Gates would be involved in the End Polio Now campaign if it wasn't for Rotary. The non-governmental organizations and other nonprofits that are giving generously to the End Polio Now campaign wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the stewardship and the generosity of Rotarians in our efforts to end that. We're, they're there because we're there. And whatever is next after polio, they will be more than willing to join us in that effort as well. So that's the second thing I think we should do. Talk about it early, talk about it often, and talk about it with your friends and colleagues. I could tell by the color of some of our hair in the room that we have polio stories right here. We know friends and family members that maybe lost their life to polio. My business partner lost two sisters. Some of us weren't allowed to go to the pool, remember, in the 50s to uh, 
to enjoy the pool complex because of fear for polio. We might have a classmate, uh, we might have others that we know that were also adversely impacted, and some, as we know now, are starting to feel the effects of that polio virus coming back. So uh, talk about it early, talk about it often, share our story. We really are this close, and it'll be coming to an end very quickly, we hope. The third thing that I ask you that you could give consideration to is attending the Rotary Foundation District Gala that'll be at the top of the World Market Center just a couple short miles from here. It's on March 16th, the day after you uh, uh, enjoy a cigar social. And uh, we have an amazing speaker scheduled to be there. We're doing it as a fundraiser. It's interesting because sometimes we have foundation galas just to celebrate and thank those that have given so much to, uh, to our foundation. And uh, sometimes we do it as a fundraiser. And this one, we hope to have it as a fundraiser. We've got a speaker by the name of Ramesh Ferris that's coming to us. And he'll be talking about his experience with polo, pol polio. You see, Ramesh was born in India. He was diagnosed with polio, and his family felt that they couldn't give him the care he needed in India to live a successful life. So they put him up for adoption. He was adopted by a Canadian family and uh, received the medical treatment he needed. And then he travels, now travels the world, talking about his efforts to end polio. In his travels, Ramesh had the opportunity to visit his family in India that had put him up for adoption. He thanked them for that gift. And he will tell you the rest of the story on March 16th, if you see fitting, to join us at the top of the World Market Center. It's just down the road. that We have, uh, haven't had a foundation gala here in a while, so uh, we're glad to uh, have that right in our backyard. I want to talk a little bit about the Rotary Foundation. The Rotary Foundation is indeed our vehicle to get things done around the world. It's an amazing organization, consistently rated as a five-star or five-star at the Charity Navigator. But before I talk for the foundation, I want you to take the opportunity to take a drink of water at your table because because of our work with the Rotary Foundation, we're changing lives. Not everybody has that opportunity. So take a, time, take a moment if you have a glass of water and just wet your whistle, if you will. At the end of this meeting, we're all going to go our separate ways, and that water that still remains in your glass is going to be dumped down the drain. Wars are being fought for water, and we take it for granted. We flush down the toilet cleaner water than most people have access to around the world. And that, my friends, is a gift that we have that we don't often reflect upon. There are six areas of focus in, the, uh, uh, in our foundation. I always read them from a card, and the reason I do that is because I was right here in this room with a member of the Southwest Club where he told me I had, had them in the wrong order, but I won't call Ted out on Facebook or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, for, his, for his sake, I, I read them off in order. So we have peace and conflict resolution. We're making amazing strides in that regard around the world. I don't know if you know Dr. Garbus Deryagin, a former past district governor of our fine district, uh, uh, chartered the first Rotary Club in the former Soviet Union. He's from the, the Rotary Club of Laverne. He continues to broker peace deals in, uh, in the Middle East and does amazing work in his community. Water and sanitation, another area of the foundation that we often take for granted here because it's not an issue. But it is in other parts of the country. I was reading a book the other day talking about the, the challenges that Tennessee has in water, and they have to, some communities have to truck water into their community because they don't have access to clean drinking water. Disease prevention. Certainly, we have plenty of examples with that. Maternal and child health, education and literacy, and economic and community development. So I bring those up for a couple reasons. One is I think it's important that we know what we're doing with the Rotary Foundation, with all the generous dollars that you're giving. 
uh, that it's being put to good use and it's changing lives. But the other reason I do it is Rotary International spends a lot of money marketing and developing products and literature on the Rotary Foundation. And it just makes sense that we try and capitalize on their efforts and be in alignment with them in some of our projects. So let me give you an example. I was in Montebello a couple, a couple months ago, and they started a new project there where they provide clothes to a local hospital. You see, and I never thought of this either, but uh, you see the, the, uh, the hospital in Montebello serves a large homeless population. When they come in, their clothes are anything less than clean. They usually smell, and they discard them at their local hospital. They throw them away. At the end of their treatment, they, dis they, they, they uh, check people out, they discharge them, and they send them out on the street in a, in a hospital gown. That's shameful. So that hospital went to uh, the Rotary Club and said, can you help us? We want to create a closet of clothes so these people can leave with a little bit of dignity. So they created a closet and they shrink-wrapped all the clothes so they could put a whole bunch of stuff in a small area. And they've met the needs of that local hospital. So I think about that from the areas of focus. And I think about peace and conflict resolution. How easy is it to judge a homeless person, let alone a homeless person walking down the street with a hospital gown? It's a little different if they have a nice, clean set of clothes. Maybe there's a little bit of dignity and a little bit of peace with them simply by having some clean attire. And that doesn't seem like too much to ask for in the United States of America, if you ask me. Water and sanitation, I think they probably are much uh, more healthy and cleaner with a clean set of shorts and a clean set of pants and shirt and socks, uh, all things that many of us in this room uh, take for granted. Disease prevention, um, maternal and child health, uh, homeless population, our educators could inform us better on that than I can. Uh, education and literacy, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, yesterday as a matter of fact, and she said the literacy rate in Clark County is 33%. I don't know if that's a true number, that's what was shared with me yesterday. L.A. County was 34%. We have problems here, uh, clearly, within that uh, six areas of focus. Economic and community development is the last area. I think somebody with a hospital gown would have a tough time getting a job in my insurance office, but if they came in dressed nicely, the opportunities have just risen tenfold, I would imagine. So I ask that we take a look at our projects in the eyes of this, or the, through the lens of the six areas of focus and give some consideration of using them as a compass in how we do our business in Rotary. Another good example, I think, is just the opportunity to uh, reach out and ask for some global assistance. Let me give you an example. Brazil has nearly $6 million in global grant funds ready and available to invest in other communities around the world. We have several hundred thousand in ours ready to invest in global projects around the world. If we have a sustainable project that addresses one or two of those six areas of focus, we too can ask for a global partner and what they refer to as a reverse global grant where we're asking them to invest in our community like we invest so often in theirs. So using those six areas of focus just makes sense to me. And if you have a project that falls within that, that's sustainable, that we can duplicate and that we can make uh, a difference in the lives of others, then we should absolutely be looking for monies from other places and we at the district level would be happy to assist with that. The last thing I want to talk about, uh, well, let me, get, let me recognize one individual, and then I'll jump into the last portion. Jamel, if you could come up for a second, please. Jamel. So I've got to tell you, I have not met Jamel prior to uh, about a year ago, 
But this young lady is at everything, and she talks about it, and she's probably the best example of branding and rotary that I've seen. So congratulations, and thank you so much. She's at Project 150. She's at Mexicali. She's at uh, SOAR. I see her almost everywhere as I travel the district. So thank you so much. And I have a oh, I think that's right there. I have a pin for you. Thank you so much. And that, yep, have a good day. And it, it reminds me, you know, the theme this year, is, as President Jim talked about, is to be the inspiration. She continues to be the inspiration not only for Elizabeth and I as we try and traverse the district and, and get everything done that needs to be done at our level, but many others that watch and follow her on Facebook, that see her, that interact with her, and she talks about it, and she's an excellent example of a branding experience that we want to display in Rotary. And I congratulate you on, thank you for that, uh, Jamel, and others need to, uh, to share their experiences as well. J President Jim also talked about people of action. So I want to talk a little bit about that campaign. Rotary International started two years ago, three years ago, a, an action or a, a campaign they called People of Action. They identified each and every one of us in this room as a person of action. And I, I literally think that just means that if I need to get something done, I could go to a Las Vegas Rotarian and they're going to put me in touch with whoever needs to be talked to to get the project done. And I think that happens. We've seen examples of that all around the world. And I've seen it throughout the district where Rotarians just get the job done. So I asked uh, our presidents, and President Jim was no exception, I asked them to identify one individual as a person of action, a quintessential leader for your club that consistently just gets the job done. A good example for, uh, for my club is a gentleman by the name of Paul Fisher. So Paul, many of you may have heard, some of you may not have ever heard of Paul, but yeah, Fisher's basement, I heard it somewhere back there. So Paul ran against President Kennedy in the 1960 primaries. Now, if he'd have been successful, everybody would know who Paul was, but uh, he wasn't. And so he went on to do other things. And he designed and created what's called the Fisher Space Pen Company. So all the, all the pens used to man the spa or staffed space flight uh, were created by Paul Fisher and manufactured 20 miles down the road in Boulder City. When I think about a person of action, I think about Paul because Paul was one of those quintessential leaders in our club that just got stuff done. If you needed to talk to anybody, uh, state, local, or federal level, Paul was the person that could put you in touch with them because he knew everybody. So Paul uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and it, uh, it came to me when I was thinking about people of action that Paul would have been one of those people for me and for, for certainly for our club. So I went and talked to his son, Kerry. I said, Kerry, I need to recognize one person from each club, so I need 65 Fisher Space Pens laser engraved with the Person of Action logo on it. So Kerry, like any other business person, says, John, what's your budget? And you, guys know, you guys know how this goes. So I said, Kerry, the budget's zero, but Paul would want you to give me these pens. So Kerry indeed did, did deliver with, uh, with 65 Fisher Space Pens to the tune of over $2,000 worth of pens uh, as our only corporate sponsor. So I told him I would plug his company along the way. So if you happen to be in need of a gift, Fisher Space Pens 20 miles down the road, and it's an amazing gift for anyone. So Paul is an example of a person of action for our club, somebody we held near and dear, and, and we're glad to have good friends. So that begets the question of who is the person of action for the Las Vegas Rotary Club. So I understand that this individual does not know uh, he's been selected. So if you could, please join me by standing and recognizing, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, but please stand and join me in recognizing Kirk Alexander as our person of action. Come on, Kirk. Come on up, Kirk. 
so, so I've had the opportunity to travel and get to know Kirk a little bit, so congratulations. Please be seated, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about Kirk. And if anything here does not fall within the four-way test, please uh, let me know. Uh, so it says that Kirk's worked on all these projects, and, uh, and I indeed have seen him at some of these. Uh, but uh, working is another situation. I, I did have the opportunity of seeing uh, Kirk carry a board at the last super build, and I took a picture of it with my phone, so, so at least he had his hand in it a little bit. But uh, Kirk has participated in RILA every year since joining the club. That's pretty amazing. His RILA experience started as a facilitator and continued on as a continent leader. He was asked to join the RILA committee and has been an active participant ever since. Club chair for RILA and TLC for two years. Kirk has participated in Superbuild four years. He was a member, or excuse me, he was on the uh, membership committee in 2015 for the club. He was also uh, youth and vocational director for Las Vegas Rotary, board of directors for 1617 and 1718, and he's currently the local community service director on the Las Vegas Rotary Board of Directors for 1819. Some of the other things, Superbuild chair, co-chair, 1516, chair, 1617 and 1718, Ryla transport coordinator and lab leader, 1516 and 1617, and conduct parent student orientation meet, or conducted parent student uh, orientation meetings for Ryla and TLC, 1718, service above self award for the club in 2015, District 5300 service above self award 2016, District Service, uh, Youth Service Presidential Citation, 1718, and finally, the Las Vegas Rotary Club Foundation member, board member for 1718. So please, again, give, it a, give us a big round of applause, and, and thank you so much, Kirk. That, yeah, that's what they said. So I have here, Kirk, a nice uh, Fisher Space Pen, uh, so you can actually do all this stuff upside down and in zero gravity now. Uh, so it is my honor to give that to you on behalf of Fisher Space Band and Paul Fisher and his family. And I also have a certificate complete with a Fisher Space Band logo on the bottom. Thank you. So that concludes my remarks. If there's any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Otherwise, I, again, uh, thank you for that service above self and coming to Rotary today. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege for me to be here. Uh, you truly are a remarkable club that's doing amazing things, not only here but around the world, and I'm, an, I, I'm humbled to be in your presence. So, President Jim, it's back to you. And let, oh, we've got Kathy's got some questions. Dr. Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm a, an advanced grant writer, and this reverse global grant, we're trying to do a biz park here that's one of Katie uh, Decker's dreams, and it's very expensive. Are we eligible to apply for a, a reverse global grant? What was the project? A biz park. It's like a junior achievement uh, Disneyland, basically. So the key would be to tie it to one of those one, at least one, if not two, of those six areas of focus. So if we could tie it to economic Ec and community development and education, because for kids. Yep, make it sustainable. There's absolutely an opportunity. Cool. Following up on that, John, is it? Uh, I thought it wouldn't reciprocate back into your own community for a global grant, that it had to be in a foreign country. Yes, no? So they, they have what they call global grants, and they have reverse global grants, which brings it home. So uh, we, we always refer to the global grant world because we're always so giving. As a matter of fact, our zone, which covers really Los Angeles South, including Las Vegas and our district, is number three, number three in the world for giving. Unbelievable. And it, if you have a minute, can you tell the club about 
the research that, that goes into polio plus as well, over and above just the shots. Okay, so uh, I will talk a little bit about that. So there's a lot going on in the area of polio. They also do uh, field testing uh, with polio, and they are doing stool samples around the world that has had a, a polio academic or, or polio experiences. So they're doing stool samples, they're doing DNA testing. Uh, so for example, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation talk about the fact that polio is just a plane right away. And that's true. Somebody from Afghanistan and Pakistan, the two, two parts of the world that where polio is still a problem, uh, could land in Las Vegas, go to, go to the Wynn, or the Wyndham, I think there's somebody here from the Wyndham, maybe go down to the Wyndham and uh, take a dive in their pool. And for some of our parents that don't believe in vaccinating their children could expose them to polio. It's just a plane right away. And they have uh, the technology is such that they could do DNA samples, so they could track that polio sample uh, or that polio virus right back to the village in, in uh, Pakistan or Afghanistan. It's amazing what they're doing and the technology that's available, uh, how they're able to track it. But uh, it really is just a plane right away, uh, but we are this close to eradicating it. And, you know, we are so grateful for our partners like Bill and Melinda Gates and, and many others uh, uh, around the world. Any other questions? Oh, last question, I'm told. So at the SOAR ceremony, you shared your um, story about how you were in law enforcement and then uh, became a Rotarian. Yeah. And I just was wondering if you could share with the group um, your perspective. Yep. Does that make sense? About how I got here? About how when you, you were in law enforcement yeah. and then... Became a Rotarian. So, uh, so that is true. I did 23 years at the, in, at the Boulder City Police Department. Uh, I used to joke with uh, Bill Young when we'd have lunch together that, uh, you know, we made crime illegal in Boulder City, and that resolved most of the issues, uh, and that he may want to take the same approach. But, uh, but so I worked uh, 23 years in law enforcement. Probably 18 of those was on the night shift. So my, my access to the community, my vision or view of the community really was that criminal element out at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I started becoming a little bit jaded because when you deal with a criminal element day in and day out, you start seeing uh, the whole community through that same lens. And it was through Rotary and my introduction to Rotary that I was able to start getting engaged with that positive portion, indeed about 97% of the Boulder City community. Uh, so I really credit uh, my, my experience with Rotary for keeping me grounded, for keeping Boulder City, my uh, community that I love, uh, in perspective because uh, there comes that transition where you just start seeing when you only deal with that criminal element, that same three or four percent day in and day out, that that becomes kind of your, your uh, picture of the community, and it's just not an accurate reflection. Uh, so Rotary, I was invited to speak at Rotary a number of times and finally asked to join, and uh, by joining it gave me that perspective of, to access to those people that I'd heard about and I'd read about in the paper, but I'd never really had any interaction with because they weren't selling meth at two in the morning. <laughs> Go figure. So, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's how I got involved in Rotary, and it's been a life changer for me, and it's a way for me to give back to a community. I, I tell... I used to tell the young officers when they got hired that the car you drive, the home you live in, the food your family eats, uh, all paid for by people in our community. And it's our job to give back to them. And I think the educators probably would agree that, uh, that everything they have is paid for by all of us in the room. And to give back at a level that Rotary allows uh, is pretty, pretty amazing and pretty humbling. So with that, I'll turn it over to President Jim, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, I know you don't get out much at 2 in the morning, but if you want to, uh, come to our next Cigar Social. You have a good chance of being up at 2 in the morning. 
So I'd like to present to you a Share What You Can Award, which I gave to our speakers. And uh, we are going to present a meal to a needy veteran in your name. So thank you so much for coming. Board members, uh, board meeting immediately following. In the boardroom behind uh, the bar. So as we leave here today, uh, let's go forth in the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the, the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all persons. Love and serve each other, rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Be people of action. Be the inspiration. Meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed this podcast of our latest meeting. If you'd like to know more about our projects or are interested in membership in the club, please visit us at lasvegasrotary.com. Now go forth and be the inspiration.